0: Hello, today's episode is a conversation with Zach Day, who is a singer-songwriter, guitarist, country musician based in Austin, Texas. Zach and I met uh, about a year ago at the WTF uh, open mic that was held here at WTF Ice House in Austin. And uh, in this episode, we have a good conversation about his history as a singer-songwriter, living in Mississippi, living in Texas, moving around, his thoughts on songwriting, how it relates to his musical practice, and then other issues surrounding musicians working in the world today about how musicians get paid, how they get gigs, all sorts of interesting things like that. But before we get to that, just a quick reminder that I, as a musician and podcaster, operate on a value for value model, which means that whatever value you derive from my content, whether that be podcasts or songs streamed on Spotify or even live concerts, I ask that you reciprocate by responding in kind by providing value back to me. There's easy ways to do that. You can like my content, you can leave comments, which I love and I like to interact with everybody. You can subscribe to my channels, those are easy ways. You can also donate money. I have a Bitcoin QR, I like Bitcoin, I have a Venmo QR. And if you really like my content, you can subscribe on a monthly basis on my patreon.com where there's various tiers where you get things like you can submit topics or questions for me to talk about on the show. You can get access to full concert footage. You can get bonus content of all sorts, like backstage content from episodes of the podcast and things like that. Welcome to Music in Mind, Music in Mind with Anthony Collier. All right. Well, hello, everybody listening. It's not live. But anyway, (laughs) I'm here with Zach Day, who is a country singer, songwriter, guitar player in Austin, originally from Mississippi. Uh, Zach and I met, uh, I don't know, like a a year ago or something like that. About a year ago. About a year ago, uh, because Zach used to host the open mic at WTF Ice House, which was actually it was, i think it was my favorite open mic in the in the city actually so it recently closed down which is a bummer but that's yeah. that's where we met so so how how have things been since the well, close of the let me open just say that,
1: i mean uh through that open mic i've met every person that i've had like as a band member which is oh, probably really? you know it's probably been like over 20 after subbing in and doing different stuff so it was really good for me to have that yeah and uh you know moving here and then they i moved here not that long after i got here uh they gave me that they offered me that gig and um (laughs) so i was able to meet all kinds of other musicians like yourself and others and uh made a lot of friends through that and um anyhow i'm getting ready to leave for the next couple months and they just decided to just
0: oh i see
1: are you going on tour yeah i'm leaving uh the first week of november and i'm doing um I'm stopping in Baton Rouge and playing, and then Gulf Shores, Alabama, and playing. Cool. And then I have two weeks in Florida, uh, doing some shows over there.
0: Nice. Where are you playing in Florida? Uh,
1: around, um, around Ocala, Florida, and then around Orlando, Florida. Okay. So kind of like all the little suburbs in those areas. So actually, it's a thought that I've had
0: recently about. About touring and avoiding mm. the huge cities, yeah, and doing sort of
1: the small cities. Do you feel like that works pretty well? Always. I mean, I never do the big cities. Right. Because I first I mean, of all, Baton Rouge is a little bit big, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's
0: like two. Or I guess it is. Or something. Yes, yeah,
1: it's, it's probably a couple hundred thousand, three hundred thousand. But I have a bunch of friends and family that live there. Okay. And so I have a place to stay. So that's oh, perfect. That's a big <laughs> that <plus. helps>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's not a big town, like, you know, it doesn't come anywhere close to Austin. Right, right. It's just, um, you know, there's probably two or 300,000 people there, but it's spread out. I d- doubt there's more than 200,000. Uh-huh. I thought New Orleans was huge, it's only like five or 600,000. Yeah, I mean, it's big, but it's not that big. Yeah, I yep. thought it was like at least a million or something.
0: It's crazy when you start <laughs> to think about the size of cities, because, like, in Wisconsin, Madison feels like a small big city, and it's like yeah. almost three hundred thousand. Really, and then Milwaukee feels huge, and it's like six hundred thousand. So it's yeah. big, it's like New Orleans. It's
1: big, but it's not right. that big. Yeah, because Austin, it's like almost like, a million. Downtown is not that big, like New Orleans. You cannot see all of it. Right. You know, but you can see all of Austin from one spot. But right? Austin doesn't feel that big. Right. But it's way bigger than New Orleans. Way bigger. It's crazy. About yeah. like four times, probably three yeah. or four times bigger. But uh, yeah, those small towns, man, those people, you know, those venues, even here in Austin, like I mostly play outside of town. Right, right. I mean, all these breweries and distilleries and little restaurants and stuff, they pay better. Yep. And they feed you good. Yeah. They give you free alcohol. And the people that are there usually tip and buy merchandise. So. Yeah.
0: I mean, some of those downtown gigs <clears> are ridiculous.
1: Yeah. I don't, I mean, WTF is really the only one I do is nice. I like WTF. I like the people there.
0: I like the yeah. venue. There's a bunch of sixth street venues that they pay so little. Yeah. It's really weird. I and know. then they expect so much. Like right. no breaks
1: and <clears throat> stuff like that. And like a three or four hour gig.
0: And um, then it's like, well, you're not you're not even paying me properly to put in that kind of effort. Like Yeah.
1: Yeah, WTF, at least, you know, even if the crowd is not good, they're gonna give you yeah, usually about a hundred bucks a person, right? You know, yeah. something like that. But you know, like Rustic Tap, I think they offer you 300 bucks yeah. and you bring as many people as you want to right. play with you. Yeah, and then you just hope you make it up on tips, right? Right, exactly. And that's not even the worst. Yeah, no, there's worse. <laughs> it goes down from there. At least they have a good sound system and a good stage, and usually yeah. a good crowd, but. Yeah uh what's that other place that's uh right between rustic tap and wtf um
0: oh oh is this a
1: key no uh i can't think of it but yeah. i got booked to play there one time it's a little outdoors tiny stage like it's tiny yeah and they're like yeah we got a sound system it was one of those deals they wanted 300 300 bucks for three hours for a yeah. full band so we show Good. up, we couldn't even fit all, we had like half of us were on the floor and the other half were on the stage. Wow. The How stage big of is a band do you
0: bring? Time. Like when you bring full band, what Usually is it? Usually four. Okay.
1: Uh, Me, a lead guitar player, bass player, and a drummer. Okay. And so, uh, anyhow, we set up on that stage, or half of us did, and then they bring out their sound system and it was the junkiest. It was terrible. Oh, no. The most terrible sound system. And there's only one plug in for the whole stage. So we had, it took, we wasted like the first 30 minutes of our show trying to get them to help us get their sound system working. Oh, my gosh. And anyway, so, and kind of the same person books a lot of these places, and that person is a musician. Mm -hmm. And uh, you would think that a musician that's like well known in town and books a lot of venues would try to get, other musicians more money but yeah they don't do that so i don't (sighs) you know and i hate i mean unfortunately that person books a lot of venues around here right 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 right. you know who i'm talking about i think so yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah anyhow i mean i love that person and i'm grateful for the stuff they've given me but i wish they'd try to get more money for bands
0: yeah it's (sighs) It's a tricky thing, like the, the value of music and the value of live music. I think about this all the time uh, because there's the whole recording industry now, which is all streaming, and mm-hmm. so recorded music basically has no value. Yeah. Because it's yeah. just like, what you could just get it.
1: Yeah, anybody any time. can do it too.
0: Anybody can do it, and there's really no barrier to entry, and it's just like you can get any song in the entire world at any moment on your phone. Yeah. So there's no value to it at all. So then... It's this weird thing with live music where the recorded industry, I think, has changed the expectation of what live music is. And so live music has also, like, it hasn't grown in value along with everything else. It's like the whole thing about how bands are paid the same now that they were in, like, 1975. Really? (laughs) I don't doubt it. Like, like, like the, like, $70 a person for three hours is, like the same that been the same
1: way yeah since the 70s there's just more people getting a cut of that right <laughs> so probably you know like all these other stub yeah. hub or whatever all these oh other, my gosh right well once you're at that
0: level once you're talking about yeah. like big bigger concerts that that have that yeah there's so many cuts going every which way
1: yeah and it's like a, a they sell it as a 45 ticket and you start checking out and then you get about four different fees that add up to about a hundred dollars total yeah right and they're like, well, who's getting all that? I yeah. mean, it's not the band. Right. I'll never forget. I went to, a, um, right after we moved here, the the Long Center was having some kind of like big vintage sale thing. Mm-hmm. And so my girlfriend and I, or my fiance now and I went oh, in there. congratulations. Yeah. That was a <laughs> couple you. months ago, right? I think I saw it on Instagram. It was recent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think two months ago. And um, she was my girlfriend at the time. Now she's my ex-girlfriend uh anyway we went in there and this guy had this huge collection of vinyls i mean cool. thousands of them and so i go through because i got this um this record player that my grandmother gave me and uh i pick out a handful and i go up to check out and i hand him the first one is a stevie ray Vaughan album yeah and he's like that's a hundred dollars i was like oh, okay well i'm gonna put that one back and i had the next one was like a the Eagles or something. Yeah. And he was like, that one's probably 85. And I was like, man, that's, these are crazy numbers. I can't buy any yeah. of this. He was like, well, what would you rather do? Get on Spotify and, and the artist only gets a few cents for right. every stream or download. And well, I was how, like, how much, how much Eagles this get, you? Yeah, right. I was like, how much is Stevie Ray Vaughn going to get out of this hundred dollar album you're trying to sell? That's with? a good question. And he didn't really say anything. And there was like a long line and he just kind of went, you know, he was just a salesman yeah so i took all that shit back and i was like whatever you know but
0: so but being a salesman do you consider yourself a salesman at all with with music
1: uh i think you know i'd be naive if i said i wasn't i have to i have to be in some to some degree right you know during a show like i have to mention hey i have merch this is what it is this is how much i'm charging yeah you know please come get some and or like, hey, I released a new single, go online and check it out. Yeah. Or follow me on Instagram. Yeah, so, yeah all that stuff. So at least in that sense, I'm a salesperson. Um, and definitely when I'm trying to book shows, I have to be a salesperson. Right. But I actually had a job as a salesperson once with oh. a um, case tractor equipment company. Cool. And Where I hated every second of it. <laughs> I, I, I felt so just... yeah. Dirty, like just right a grease ball. Like I'm trying to convince these people to buy something. Yeah, and I have no like I really don't care if you buy it or not, other than the fact that this is how I'm making money. Well, see, but
0: that's the problem is if you don't care. Yeah, but like with your music, I've noticed it with with both music and teaching about how if I value what I'm doing more, actually the audience values it more too, and yeah. it's like this thing about so if it's if it's a show where you're charging a, a like a door. a a cover or something like that. I found that charging a little bit more actually brings more people in and they stay longer. Yeah. They're more interested because it's like they've invested in the experience and then it's on you to give them as good of an experience as as you can. And I feel like there's a a lot of new bands want to chart they do free shows or like five dollars something that's almost no money yeah and I feel like what they're signaling is they're signaling that they're not even valuing what they're what they're doing themselves yeah
1: yeah I can see that and it's it's uh it's rough with art to put a a number like a, a monetary mm-hmm. value because you want it to be just like it's passion your passion and right your creativeness you know whatever you're your creativity level is and you want to share that. But yeah, if you're not getting paid a certain amount, you know, that, that value also, yeah. You know, it reflects what you've put into it and Right, what you think you're worth. I mean,
0: but that's the thing is, like, those those
1: <clears throat> those gigs that pay so little, that's
0: part of why it sucks. Yeah. It's like you're trying hard to, like, do something, and yeah. you're doing your best, and
1: people are like, eh, I don't care. It sucks on multiple levels to not yeah. get paid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, like, with, 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 with my band, Sap and Claw Elixir, we've been doing, with our merch, a value-for-value value model, so we don't have an amount that we charge for anything. Really? The idea is just whatever... You feel like it's valuable to you, so we have like stickers and koozies and stuff, and so like whatever you think having a sticker of us is worth to you, that's what we want you to pay. Whoa! And it the, actually
1: works way putting way the better. weight on
0: the uh, consumer. It works better. They give us more money. Yeah, I bet. Sometimes they don't, and that's like it's okay because it actually pays off
1: in the end. Yeah,
0: and we want people to feel good about it. Yeah, and then it's like because it's hard to know what to what what is a sticker worth anyway.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like,
0: what do you charge for a sticker? A dollar, two
1: dollars? I like, charge. Who knows? Well, yeah, it just depends on what I paid for it, I guess. Right, right, right. Yeah, you know, at least try to make my money back or a little bit more. Uh, other than not with stickers, but with like hats and T-shirts and like koozies and right. stuff like that. So my mom, luckily for me, my mom works for a company that oh nice they do that. Cool. So I get handy. wholesale on the materials, and then I just have to pay for the print right you know so i can sell it cheaper than most people can sure you know like i sell hats and and t-shirts like 20 bucks yeah whereas and it's good hats and good t-shirts whereas like you go to like a i mean i guess this isn't a great example but if you go to like a real show like a tedeschi trucks band or something Uh they're getting like 45 dollars. oh yeah but why not some people are gonna buy the shit out of it anyway so (laughs) yeah They jack their prices way well. up. They're probably and then they probably have to split that, you know. Again, yeah. they have to split it a bunch of ways. I
0: mean, I bet they're making money, but they're definitely paying out a lot of money. Yeah,
1: there's no doubt. Yeah. Uh, this dude, I know that um, he has a shop out in um, in Driftwood. Have you been to Ghost Note uh-huh. Brewery? Right behind it, there's a shop, and this guy um, has created this niche business where he prints on guitars for oh, like cool. like george Strait uses him and like miranda lambert i mean he's got yeah he's got like a 100 different big time artists that call on him to do it so he orders shipments of like cheap guitars because nobody really wants to print on a good guitar right and then it, the price point of selling a good guitar with the print is too high they can't sell it right so he gets like these 100 hundred dollar like Epiphone or Fender uh-huh. guitars. They send the artwork to him. He makes it work, and then they print it. And then he told me George Strait was selling a hundred thousand dollars worth of those guitars every night. Whoa! Yeah, and they sell for like maybe three, four hundred. George or Strait bucks. sells guitars. Yeah, at his shows. What? And they're like they're like the shittiest Fender Who? guitar acoustic guitars with some kind of. You think printed. that
0: like buying a guitar to show would become a burden? Like you'd think you have to carry it around and stuff.
1: I, I don't know. I
0: don't think Maybe i they would buy, buy it on a guitar do show. I don't <laughs> like, know but just like what do I do? But he was this? like
1: I have eighteen weather loads of these trucks coming in. That's crazy. And eighteen weather loads of them going out, and I ship them to the arenas where he's playing. You know, and they won't have anything left over. They're all sold in that wow. same night. That's wild. Yeah, it's crazy.
0: Nice. So do you sell guitars too? I do not sell <laughs>
1: guitars. I thought about doing like a one-off thing like yeah. to promote something and maybe give it away or something yeah. like that, but I yeah, I haven't done it yet.
0: <laughs> so your tour, are you touring by yourself? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Okay, so you just solo shows all solo around. Solo shows. yeah. Okay. Do you like that as I a process? It. I love it. You show up, play the show. Yeah.
1: And uh it's weird that I mean, playing with a band is the most fun thing when you're on stage. Yes. Off stage is not always the most fun thing right. because it doesn't, you're, you you got to keep up with three or four people Yeah. and make sure they're where they're supposed to be. They're not doing something they're not supposed to be and, you know, all that. Yeah. You, you already know about all that. But mm-hmm. traveling by yourself, it's pretty easy responsibility. Yeah. Yes. And... For whatever reason, when I play by myself, my tips are like ten times what I get playing with the band. Really? I don't know what. it That's is That's like, crazy. I feel like it's like a sympathy thing. You just create thing. the
0: magic. No. You know,
1: like <laughs> they're like, oh, poor guy. This poor guy's up here all <laughs> by himself, sweating. Like, let's give him some money. Like, honey, give him some money. I do
0: mean, you, like, do you really? You ham up the like? You break a string. You're like, oh, this is not going well, guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, I, you, you know, apologize a lot. If I feel like there's some kind of. um Sympathy thing going across the crowd. I'll play on it for sure. That's pretty funny for purposes of tips. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I mean, like for instance, I was just I just did a six week trip to Colorado, right? All solo stuff, and uh, I figured out after I got back that my average on tips per show and tips and merch sales was like one hundred and fifty dollars over what they were paying. Wow, that's good, man. A lot. That's really that's like a whole other show for you. Yeah, just and I don't have have to to split split it it. exactly. Other than my gas tank, that's it. Yeah. So, you know, as much as I want to tour with my band, financially, I can't. You're not there. Yeah, I can't figure out how to do it where it's It's financially work. You know, viable.
0: Well, I think about it with comedians a lot because a lot of a lot of comedians I follow talk about when they need to make money, they go on the road. And it's like such a strange idea for me because the idea of going on the road is like me losing money.
1: Right. You would think so. You would think so. I mean, I guess like there's enough
0: of a market that that makes sense, but.
1: Yeah. And and the other plus is I have a van I can sleep in by myself. Oh, nice. If the weather's. Yeah. If it's hot, it sucks. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. But if it's cool to cold, it's doable. Yeah. You know, so I don't have to have any expense on finding a place to stay in and a lot of times i'll pick places to tour where i know somebody or some people that i can crash with right right at least park at their house or something like that uh the last one i did to colorado my uh fiance now went with me and we ended up renting a place and since we were there in august it's like their slow season so it was Mm -hmm. cheaper and we got a discount cool uh but typically, I'd go by myself, and I just stay in my van or w- crash with people. Right. Like this Florida trip, I'm the whole. I have somewhere to stay every night of the whole trip. Wonderful. So I don't have any expense as yeah. far as that goes. Right. I just have driving and food is my only expense. Right. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I find every time I do these these trips like this, I meet random people that turns it into something cool later on down the road or you know, something positive comes out right. of it that I wouldn't get just playing around here. Sure, sure. You know, so... And it's fun to just go see somewhere new and meet yeah. new people. No, and I love that aspect that. of it. Yeah. The
0: the solo thing is interesting because there's sort of a loneliness to it. There can be. You yeah. just show up at some venue and you don't know anybody. And you're like, yeah. oh,
1: I'm here to play. All you right. know that song... Uh, the Bob Seger song, Turn the Page. Yeah, yeah, right. It is as true as it gets when you're <laughs> t- touring by yourself. Yeah. You, know, you walk in, and you look different, and you're carrying guitars and whatever, and everybody's looking at you, and it's a weird feeling. But yeah. uh, it goes away usually as soon as I start playing. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's hard to book stuff yourself. Uh, and I used to try to book these tours where I was like moving and so I, that's really difficult. Were
0: you know, you were like moving.
1: You know, like to say, like uh, this week I'm gonna be between here and there. Mm-hmm. Next week I'm gonna be between here and there. Like, like let's say if I was gonna book a tour from here to uh, Denver, right? And I wanted to split up every week where I was moving. Yeah. Every week or every day, yeah. even. Yeah. It's really oh, to really like, hard to get
0: something locked down in each spot. You need to be yeah, at.
1: because then you're sending out a small window of dates. And you kind of want it to all be flowing in the same direction. You don't want to yeah. be backtracking or going way off to the side. Yep, yep. So I've quit kind of doing that. Interesting. And okay. I'm more or less, I pick like a like a, home base kind of area. Yeah, that's and then do a rating. And then this. just a rating. And I'll hit up, I'll Google like every town that's around there, every live music venue nice. or brewery, distillery, and just blast out emails and Instagram messages and just see what comes back. Yep. Yep. It's a lot easier that way. Yeah. And even like with this one when I'm moving, like on my way to Florida, I still kinda do the same thing because I have like two or three days in Baton Rouge, two or three days in Gulf Shores, and I just blast everywhere in that area. Right. Like right. Here's my range. And I hope I hope that I have to turn stuff down because that many respond. Yes. But the fact is, is that it, it doesn't usually happen that way. <laughs> <It's> crickets. <laughs> I'm just barely getting enough, like, to fill it in. Yeah. Compared to how many emails I send out. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, same, dude. It's just like, yeah, so many emails and just like no response and no response, no response, no matter how many times you send it. What? So do you? So if you if you look up a venue and they say something like "no unsolicited requests for booking" or like "don't email us twice." Do you
1: respect that or do you just email anyway? I hardly even read what they say. Nice. I just I go straight to <laughs> email. I didn't know. I didn't see it. I send it. <laughs> if I happen to see something like, if you're trying to book music, use this address and not this one. Yeah. I'll send it to both of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hit up their email, however many email addresses they have, yeah. their Instagram page and their Facebook page. Nice. And I like it. Is it a
0: different email to each one? Or is it thing. the same copy
1: and paste? Same thing. Copy and paste.
0: <laughs> It'd be impressive if it was a different
1: email. Yeah, four address. of them responded to the same venue. <laughs> yeah. Now I have I've gotten multiple responses from a similar venue yeah. and uh they usually channel me to just one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh but no, usually it's crickets or you know. Yeah, of course. Just enough to put it together. Like I'm still, I'm still putting together my November trip. Right. Uh, I mean, I have most of it. I have enough book that it's worth do, doing for sure. But um, you know, there's gaps I'd like to fill.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I feel like there's this there's this weird. Luck to it because especially, I mean, especially venues around Austin and areas with just tons and tons of bands, mm-hmm. is they just get so many emails, there's no way they read them all. So it's mm-hmm. like, does yours happen to be like right where their eye opens the email? <laughs> like, did you send it at just the right time? The or right when time. they open the email, they're like, oh, one, two, three, I'll, I'll respond to these. Oh, people. There's so
1: many factors involved, yeah. really, because whoever's doing the booking may just not like the way you sound.
0: Well, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: And somebody else there might love it. Yeah, You know, who not, and it just so happens that my top songs that are on Spotify or whatever yeah. happen to all be either about weed or cocaine or something along those lines. Right. Or a mountain. So so these like these places are like, uh, I don't think you're going to be a good fit. This is a family oriented <laughs> place. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. That's interesting. So I hadn't like, thought about you that. You know,
1: like I'm trying to figure out how to make it not look that way. Because
0: you just need more songs.
1: I need more songs on there that are not related to yeah. drugs.
0: Well, so speaking about that, you have you two or three that you released this year? Uh, two. Two, okay. Two songs, yeah. Two, because you got Damn Cocaine yeah. and The Shadow of the Mountain? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, so Damn Cocaine isn't... Damn Cocaine was a song written about...
0: It's like, damn cocaine. It's not... It's not kids about do cocaine. promoting cocaine. It's the opposite. You know? The kids
1: don't do cocaine. Yeah, but if you just listen to it with no context, it's you know, it sounds like somebody that's addicted yeah. to cocaine. Right. But well, you have another cocaine song, right? Mm, probably, but uh I have I have other songs that mention it, probably, but I feel oh, like this there's is the another one. one.
0: I, I don't know if it's your song or not. I think it is your song. Oh, I've the, definitely like, heard cocaine
1: it. country dancing? Yeah. No, that's not your song. That's not your song? <laughs> you, just, you just sing <laughs> another song it. about cocaine? Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so you I should think... have
1: a few more and be like, I swear, I'm not obsessed with I'm cocaine. I'm very hypocr- <laughs> hypocritical on my cocaine songs. One promotes, <laughs> one puts it down uh like i'm playing in florida the whole reason i booked this trip to florida is this um it's all the cocaine there, the cocaine Miami, there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they got the best powder in the country right um but i'm not promoting it no not at all <laughs> but if anybody needs some i'll bring it back uh now this um i have some cousins that live there and so they got me booked to do this event this like a fundraiser and awareness thing for alzheimer's mm-hmm. and so uh anyway they called me yesterday or one of the guys that's running the thing he's like man i'm so excited you're coming i'm I'm glad you're gonna be able to make this happen uh and i'm not you know i just we just wanted to talk with you a little bit about your song selection oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and i already knew exactly i already knew what he was gonna say I, he was like you know we I listen to. I love your stuff. I love your stuff. I've been listening to it with my uh, my kids, and I. I've been listening to it. They're like teenagers, and uh, I just don't know about singing the cocaine or the whiskey stuff. And I just start laughing. I'm like, I already know what you're looking at. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. I was like, look, I play all kinds of stuff. You know, yeah. I don't only play those songs. So anyway, you know, I'm sure there's. Some level of... Right. Uh, are they
0: your biggest hits?
1: Apparently on Spotify they are. Right. Yeah, one called Damn Cocaine and the other yeah. one's called Whiskey Women and Weed. They're the top two. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, yeah. And and then I have music videos or a music video for Whiskey Women and Weed. That's the top video I have. So, you know, it, it appears that way. Nice. But I was like, look, I play like once or twice, you know, once a month or every other month at like a... a a nursing home i was like i promise you i can play for any kind of right family oriented do they like event. cocaine at
0: the nursing home
1: uh they hadn't really mentioned that okay, but they uh, might i what i did hear is that they really like uh well there's a, a higher level of stds in nursing homes yes anywhere i've else. heard that yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> so yeah who knows what this they're using women to women make women. that happen. sounds good yeah. man i bet they love it <laughs> <laughs>
0: You got you got to let out the, the 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 degeneracy.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe whiskey, uh, weed, and cocaine maybe not don't help with performance for some old dudes, but something in right. there is getting them going. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. So so the 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 singles, "Damn Cocaine" and uh, "The Shadow of the Mountain," mm-hmm. you put out this year. Uh, did you
1: record those in Austin? I did. Uh, Damn cocaine. I did. Um, uh, Andy Tinberg, who's uh, oh cool the bass player. Yeah, 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 he's all actually. He's, he's a lead an guitar everything player. player. Yeah, I he thought he was drums, just a bass player. Plays keys. He can do I anything. Playing an
0: organ on Instagram. Yeah, the other day. and it,
1: he's a lead guitar player and uh, like vocalist for uh, uh, Tomar and the FCS. Mm-hmm. And they're like a well-known... I mean, they played twice at uh, Bonnaroo this year, so they're like wow. a well-known band. He's but got he, such a
0: good ear, too.
1: Yeah, he's just a everything? professional yeah. musician. Like, yeah. as professional as it gets, I guess. But he has a home studio, and he's got a little building outside of his house, and he's got a really cool home studio. And so uh, Trevor um, O'Connor mm-hmm. and and Trafton, who's my drummer, uh-huh. and Andrew Molesky, who's my bass player they're all you know rotate in and out with him in different bands and stuff right and so they recommended that i talk to him about recording over there and so we did damn cocaine in his studio cool <clears throat> but um the other song shadow of the mountain i wrote it while we were in colorado oh so it's like a new new yeah song. it's a brand new song and yeah. it, i wasn't planning on doing anything yeah. with it uh but i played at this place right outside of snowmass and somebody was at my show and knew the owner of the studio called mad dog ranch Mm -hmm. and which is in snowmass and mad dog ranch was originally owned by jimmy buffett and glenn fry lived right next door and so they did all kinds of stuff there and recorded stuff there and he wrote um son of a son of a sailor there and i think Fins maybe, mm. but anyhow, uh, he ended up selling it to Glenn Fry, mm-hmm. and then this woman bought it from him like the week that he died. Whoa! And so she owns it now. So anyhow, this woman, this other person that was at my show, called her and said, "Hey, you need to come listen to this guy. He's playing at wherever." So she shows up, and I could tell she was something to do with music because of the way she was dressed. You know, some musician. You know, some music people just have a look to them, huh. you know? Anyhow, so she sits down, and she listens to, like, a whole set. And then she gets up, and she tells me, you know, who she is and that they had the studio, and uh that I should come check it out. Uh-huh. And so I called her, like, the next Monday. And uh anyhow, they invited me to come record that song or a song. And cool. I was like, well, i got this brand-new song. I just wrote it. It'll be perfect to do just an acoustic yeah, live version. So... I ended up recording that the last week we were there in uh, Snowmass. Okay, uh, that one sounds really good. Yeah, it really it turned out really cool, and they had yeah. a really nice studio. Cool. And uh, put us up in their little cabin that they had there for the night. So, I was, you know, another one of those random things that comes out of touring in places that you don't play all the time. That's great. That's exciting. Yeah. So I'm I'm planning on going back there in March, and she said they were going to help me get some some uh, some other shows around Aspen. Great. Yeah. Cool. So you never know what's gonna happen when you leave, you know, leave your home turf well, and get out there. Did did anything come of that that couple that was at WTF though one time? And they wanted you to play some extra shows. No, I okay. reached out to them a bunch of times. You okay, know, but this you know, I mean, this is happened, nothing new. Right, yeah. yeah, I mean, I remember when I first started playing music and uh, people started coming up and being like, "Man, I." I know this person that does this or that and I'm going to get you connected with them. And I would literally, I'd just be hanging on what they said, you know, (laughs) for like weeks. I'm like, I still haven't heard from them, you know, like I basically dropped everything because I was like, okay, this is going to change my (laughs) whole career. It didn't take long for me to figure out that, you know, when they say that kind of stuff, take it in, say thank you, follow up, but... Don't ever get your hopes up that they're actually going to do it, right? Because rare, uh, you know, my, maybe five percent of the time they actually yeah c- go through with whatever they say. I mean, tying do. up
0: with your schedule with what other people have said is usually a bad idea.
1: Terrible idea. Yeah, <laughs> I did that several times. I learned the hard way on that. It's funny, I mean, people even do it
0: with with new jobs and stuff. There's a job they really want and so they like clear everything out for the potential of having that job. And it's like I think it's it's going back to valuing yourself and your time too, about if you just keep doing what you're doing and like let them call you and if they want you, then they want you. And so then if like if you're busy this week and you're like, Well I can do it next week, if they actually want to work with you
1: they'll work it out. If you stop grinding, the opportunities quit coming. Yeah. You know, so Dude, I even notice it with
0: podcasting. Like, if you're not regular about it, like two weeks, it just everybody stops listening. Really? It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. You, you'd be like, "Oh, I'm doing all right. I got a pretty good yeah. listenership." Take one off. Oh, that's not good. Two, and it's just like the whole thing. Nobody gone. cares anymore. You got to restart from square <laughs> zero.
1: So I don't know anything about the podcast world, but I can imagine that. You know, I mean, it's even like when you're playing a show and you take a break right people start wandering off and leaving the bar and you're like fuck we got to get back on stage we're losing the crowd yeah you know that's that's pretty quick you know that's short term
0: see that that one's the break one's funny to me because there's some bands that are really good at taking long breaks and it works out well for them like what what's a band that plays at at sea boys every tuesday uh something groove line horns yeah they take long break like like half hour 45 minute kind of a thing really but like they have such a presence that it's like a swag thing. They're like yeah. we're going to play when we're going to play. Yeah. And you're all sticking around.
1: And nobody's leaving. No. I've never been I've never been to that but I've seen videos <laughs> and it looks awesome.
0: They're so good. It's like yeah. my, it, it's one of my favorite shows, like weekly shows in town. And what day is that? Tuesday. Okay. Sometimes I would go after WTF. Really? Yeah. Well, cause it's, I mean, it's right down yeah, the street. It's right by my house. Yeah, exactly. It's on my way home. So it's like, oh yeah, I'll stop in. And <laughs> they're just slaying every time. Yeah. It is it packed so in good. There? Yeah. It's packed. That's awesome. And they take such long breaks.
1: <laughs> That's hard to do. It's yeah. hard to get a venue to be okay with that. Yeah.
0: But I mean, if people are buying drinks... I feel like that's that's the thing is once you have leverage, this is like my my goal. It's like I want leverage. I want to be right. like, no, 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 don't worry about it. They're buying drinks. Yeah. <laughs> you let me tell you how it's going to work. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it's just funny. like some of those some, back to the 6th Street bars that don't want you to take breaks. And they're like, well, we're losing money when you're not playing kind of thing. It's like, well, you're not paying me. Anyway, like you're barely paying me, and then they're like, Well, you need to get tips, and it's like, Well, that should be between me and the audience, yeah, that should have nothing to do with
1: you, right? Yeah, that's not costing you anything, it's only costing me, right? Yeah, like uh, friends is that friends is one of them Mm -hmm. because I've never even stepped foot in there, I don't think, but um, they have my favorite jam. Other than WTF, they yeah. have a Sunday night blues jam, I've heard it's which is jam. really good.
0: Yeah, that and WTF, I think are the two best jams in the city.
1: But what I've heard about that place is they'll hire you to play like four hours for a hundred dollars or something crazy like yeah. that.
0: Yeah, it's it's
1: low. Yeah, it's real low. Yeah, I was like, man, that's. I'd, it'd be a better waste of my time to be at home sending emails out to book other shows. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know? the thing about Friends that I've heard—I've never gotten one of these spots, but I've heard like the Friday night. Uh, they, I think they do three-hour spots at night, like the eleven to two or the whatever it would be seven to ten. Yeah, are are really good on the weekends because Friends is like the first bar on Sixth Street that yeah. every tourist pops into. Right. And then they they always have blues bands in there, and so everybody's like, "Oh, this is Austin," and like it kind of yes. is, like <laughs> it is. And 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 I think that Friends tends to have better bands than most of the Sixth Street bars. Yeah,
1: yeah. I've never. I mean, one time several years ago, I went to Dirty Sixth and hung out. And I got the full feel of why it's called Dirty Six, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, "That's a, I don't need any more of this." You know, yeah. it's kind of like going to Bourbon Street in New Orleans. Like it is like Bourbon Street. You see yep. it one time, and you, you get a feel for it. You're like, "Yeah." So
0: you don't play it, Mike? Well, because you were playing Maggie Mays at one point. Mm-mm. You weren't?
1: Mm-mm. I thought you had a Maggie Mays set. No, I never played there. Okay. Um. But yeah, I mean, and I know that a lot of those places don't. They pay less than the West Side does yeah. which a lot of them barely pay to right. begin with so you know again I try I'm not saying I'm too good for that or something but my time is so better make, spent somewhere else where I can get paid more right
0: I mean yeah. I don't even think it's too good it's like we everybody needs to make money
1: yeah yeah I mean you got to set a bottom line of what you're willing to yeah. get paid for a certain amount of time and effort yeah of course and uh most of those places are below where I'm yeah. would like
0: to be. Of course. Of course, of course. <clears throat> yeah. So you tour by yourself, but you do play full band shows. Mm-hmm. So do you have a like a vision for what you want your act or your like your
1: artistic life to be? I have lots of them. Nice. I have lots of them. Whether any of them happen or not is up to Well, for that's grabs. always yeah. <laughs>
0: that's always true.
1: I mean, I'm definitely doing stuff now that I didn't think I'd be doing a while ago, but You know, you always have these huge uh, visions of grandeur, things happen, you know, like a year from now, I'm going to be doing this. Well, a year from now, you're usually barely doing more than what you were the year before. Yeah. But it's still better than what you were doing. And you realize that that thing is harder than what you thought it was going to be. Yep. So... You know, One goal I've had for a while is to get on as an opening act for somebody that's touring right. as a solo opener because, number one, I think it pays pretty good. Number yeah. two, you have no overhead at all. Yeah. You learn a lot about touring from doing it yeah. and being around another group that has experience with it. Yeah, But you also get in front of a big crowd that you know is going to be there. Mm-hmm. So... You know, I think that's a great way as a singer songwriter or somebody that can do a solo act yeah. to get out there. I just don't know how to do it.
0: I mean, I lo- actually I really like having a solo opener for a band. Yeah, I think it's a good it's a good vibe, and I think sometimes whether you have like two or three bands and they all sound similar, mm-hmm. it kind of ends up becoming sort of noisy. Yeah, or or. Blends together where you can't really separate. them. Yeah, I saw what was it. I saw Chris Isaac once in Boise, Idaho at a It was like a closed down prison. They turned into a music venue. That sounds cool It was interesting and I don't remember <laughs> her name But she was a solo singer-songwriter who opened up for him and she had like the most interesting it was like country music but with all sorts of like added like chromatic chords and jazz chords yeah. and stuff It was really creative and cool and like the crowd didn't like it at all, but I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny. Is like nothing, not even to put down Chris Isaac, but I consider yeah. his music like a little bland. It's so yeah, right. like uh, it was, it was a really cool opener for that show, and it made yeah. me like
1: the show more. Yeah.
0: Versus like if I was just going to like somewhere to see Chris Isaac, I'd
1: be like, all right, cool. And just him performing. Yeah.
0: Because yeah. it sets it sets a tone for like we are doing something artistic and interesting here.
1: Yeah. I. I mean, I, I wish that all touring bands would, and I think most of them probably do have an open and, you know, supported supportive act. But, um, you know, my guess is that most of them come through whatever label or booking agency right, that they right, work right. with. They want to use their own people. So, you know, there's some barrier you got to cross to be able to get into that. And I don't know exactly how, I don't even know where the barrier is. Yeah. You know, so it's hard to conquer I mean, that. that that's tough
0: like i mean it's, it's like booking sometimes is you're trying to get you're trying to book onto a festival or onto something you have just you have no idea who to contact you just, yeah. you just look at some email and you're like it's probably not even it's the right person info
1: it's to... something which is basically a dead-end yeah email it goes exactly. nowhere right exactly <laughs> exactly yeah those are for you listeners, if a place gives you an info at something email, you might as well just forget. Don't even waste your time. <laughs> it goes to nobody. Yeah, they they do that on purpose too. Yeah. They set it up to make sure. Yeah, that we this gave email you a contact. <laughs> you know it's available. Oh my gosh, it's like some answer ma- machine and some random like janitor. They, they have office. it forward
0: to somebody who doesn't even work there.
1: Yeah, it's like a janitor <laughs> that doesn't even look at his computer. It's just go in there.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah but
1: yeah man there's a lot of like hidden doors in the music business that um we know they exist we yeah. know you can people get through them all the time yeah just don't know where to even look for yeah. it. yeah
0: and then there's fake doors there's like tricks all yeah. over the place like uh I, I was talking with um one of the bands i play with out here i guess uh one like their old lead guitar player got signed to a deal in uh, in l.a and, like, it's one of those things where, like, when that a lot of those feel like tricks to me. Yeah. Because he's, like, got an $80,000 advance flying first class out to L.A. and stuff like that. And uh, so he's, like, feels like he's living the high life. He's made it. Right, and like I've heard of things that get even even crazier than that, where they like show up with a car, like a Maserati, at your door, and they're like, "This is yours now." Yeah, you own this. Right, but then like if you read the contract, they've bought it under your name, and you
1: are gonna have to pay them back for it with interest to both of them, probably. Right, yeah, probably.
0: Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, so like w- what you were saying about how many shows are you gonna have to play to pay off the eighty thousand dollars, the plane tickets, the cars, all the like dinners, the treat, the fun yeah. treatment, and all that. Like it feels like you're just balling out of control. Yeah. You really are out of control. <laughs> right. And then I was saying, like, how much would it suck to be playing a show and like feeling like you're paying off debt with your show?
1: Yeah, like, oh man, I'm gonna be uh two thousand dollars less in the hole after this show and I'll still be broke. Yeah. You know, like uh I've had a couple of chances to sign a publishing deal as a songwriter Interesting. in yeah. Nashville and um the first time it happened, they flew me to Nashville. Yeah. And I met with them and they like took me out to like a, the Gibson guitar store or uh, manufacturing place. And that was really cool. You know, they were kind of whining and dying at me sort of deal. And uh, everything sounded great until I saw the contract. Yeah. And my dad's a lawyer. So we're like, trying to read this contract he's like a
0: lot of handy connections yeah i
1: mean having a dad as a lawyer when you're a a fuck up in college (laughs) was a great thing to have uh but he's trying to read it and he's like i can't even tell you what this says it doesn't make any sense yeah like the language they use is so ambiguous you can't tell what in the fuck they're trying to say and so we went back and forth and he 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 knew another lawyer that did stuff with entertainment and he was able to read it better and sort of translate it to us. But the stuff the the basic stuff that I could understand scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Cause basically they have the the rights to do whatever they want to with your music which do they own it. Also can include doing nothing at all with it. Right. And you can't either. And so it was a two year it was gonna be a two year contract but not really because they have the ability only they have the ability at the end of that two-year contract to renew it whether you want to or not or they can sell your contract to another this terrible thing so you 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 have zero control And was it like a take it or leave it situation yeah i mean we went back and forth on a couple things and they're like yeah we'll do this and that and then uh I can't remember. Something happened. I had to go do something. So I was like, next week when I get back, you know, we'll, yeah. Once y'all send me this revised copy, I'll sign it. Yeah. I had like three or four days to think about it. And I was like, yeah, this isn't right. I'm not, you know, they're not offering me that much more than what I'm already doing for myself. And, yep. I don't think I'm in a place that's, you know, like I might be falling into a trap with yeah. this yeah, yeah. it like might ruin everything so i backed out of it and then another time i got offered another one and i didn't even look at the contract i was like no thank you yeah you know i already know what this is about dang because they want you to a minimum of 10 songs a year okay anything you write while you're under contract with them is owned by them they own that's the right it.
0: and that's they can do whatever they works. want
1: to it or do nothing with yep it. yep and really, ten is like the minimum. They really yeah. want you to do like two or three hundred songs, right. <laughs> which yeah. is not what I do. Yeah. You know, I mean, I probably have two hundred songs total yeah. in my whole career of writing songs.
0: Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah.
1: So anyway, that wasn't for me. Yeah. Um. Now, would I love to have somebody else record some of my shit? Fuck yeah, I would yeah. love to have that happen. Yeah. You know, especially if it got on the radio. And I've I've tried. I've been trying to pitch some stuff to a Texas artists, which is yeah, a little more the kind of stuff I write. I don't really write Nashville type right, country right. music. And uh, so far, nobody's picked up anything. But I've had you know at least expanded my. There must context. be like
0: a local grassroots way to do it. There's got to be. I, I mean, don't... this is the thing: is I feel like all of these companies make it seem like the only way is through them. Yeah, but there's no way.
1: No, and you see other people break through without it. Yeah. Uh, I just I'm not exactly sure how they do it, and I don't know that that applies to everybody right you know the way they did it may be a one-off kind of thing
0: yeah Yeah, i don't know so what you said was interesting about the the texas nashville style so as a songwriter what would you say the difference is
1: um you know i also is there a mississippi style well there's no mississippi like There's, like, Delta Blues. You know, there's no, like, Mississippi doesn't have that infrastructure for whatever reason. And it's sad because some of the biggest acts in music that have ever existed came from Mississippi. Yeah. But, you know, while I was there, I was like, I can do it. You know, I can break through and live here. In Mississippi. And then I started, like, kind of researching everybody else that's gotten famous. Not a single one of them got famous living there.
0: Where were you living
1: uh, I was living uh, south of Jackson in Hazelhurst, Mississippi, okay. a little B town. But um
0: what was the question before that? I forgot. The Texas versus Nashville oh, yeah. style.
1: Uh if you listen to like top forty Texas charts, uh huh. There's some pretty terrible songs on there. Uh huh. They're not that great. But they have more Are there songs that anybody would know? Actually I don't know Like I'm
0: not I don't know. I'm I don't not listen a, to that I'm either really. ignorant of You mean like Pop charts Country
1: charts So Texas has its
0: own Country music Charts Because well, I've learned That like there's this There's this type of music Like Tejano music Yeah It's like It's a form of like Old Mexican style music mm-hmm. That I've learned about Since moving here Yeah That's like Related to mariachi yeah. it's But a it's a little different. more like Yeah It's
1: a little more like Country Right Exactly like American country yeah. So Texas is unique That it has its own Like country music charts Right and I don't know that any other state has that. Right. You know, there's like the main charts that come out of Nashville or L.A. Right. And then Texas has its own thing. Yeah. Which is a pretty big market. I mean. Yeah. I think those dudes that, you know, basically they have like 20 people that are always in the charts. Here yeah. In Texas. And they're probably making pretty good money off of that. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I, I think a lot of it is not that great in my opinion personal opinion right it's not as shitty as some or you know let me take this back national music isn't shitty it's just not for me sure the pop country stuff yeah you know who the fuck am I to say that it's not good music when they're making a killing off of it.
0: It's a weird. It's a weird thing to think <clears> about. <throat> that music that feels like it's it's not good or like bullshit or like they're faking or something, but at the same time they're making gazillions of yeah. dollars and like millions of people love it. Yeah. And then it's this weird thing. of like, is it good? Yeah. In a way, it's amazing. Yeah. Is In a everybody way, it's the best music of all time.
1: Or am I the idiot? Right. Was, I don't understand. <laughs> you know, like. Uh, yeah, Florida, Georgia Line oh, or whatever you know like I can't stand I change the station no matter what when they come It on. Like,
0: annoys me so much,
1: but I will say they probably made country music bigger than it's ever been because right. people from all genres were listening to it, yeah, except maybe real country people right. enthusiasts. <laughs> yeah. you know, like they were bringing in like pop people, hip yeah. hop people, yeah, you know, people from all that like all this other stuff were like, oh, this is pretty good, yeah. I like this. Yeah, I mean, so in
0: terms of songwriting, so one thing I've thought about, and I've actually I've gotten into arguments with people about this, is I feel like there's different ways of approaching songwriting. And so Florida Georgia Line feels to me like basically a pop group, mm-hmm. like the structure of their song is the same as like Taylor Swift band? or exactly, yeah. something like that. Uh, yeah, a boy band, Any, anything you hear here on like top 40 pop charts yeah, just like with a twang in their voice and maybe mm. some like steel guitars and something like that yeah. so like the, it has a facade of country but the structure is basically a pop song Yeah, and like I used uh, I got into an argument about the Old Town Road with Lil Nas X and that just yeah. to me that has the structure of a hip hop song and I'm not yeah. putting the song down at all But the structure is it's like a hook and some rap and a hook and some rap. It's not structured like a country song at all. It just has like a facade. It has a sound that's a little bit like a country song.
1: Well, what's new about it is now that is becoming the the structure of country. It's just like like hip hop songs. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, The last time I was in Nashville a couple years ago, um, the thing about the Nashville stuff is the structure is becoming hip hop. Right with country music, well, you know maybe some country lyrics. Yeah, some blue jean, back road, country roads, (laughs) full moon, (laughs) beer can thing. Yeah, right, right. That's not that much different from the words in Texas. The structure here is still country, old songwriting structure. Yeah, Yeah. but I think you know they're basically kind of saying the same shit. Right, the Nashville guys are saying. Now there are some good there is some good stuff that I hear on in the te- Texas country music scene but um to me there's not a huge difference in what they're yeah. putting on radio here and what they're putting on radio there other than there's not as much pop right. like beats and yeah whatever they yeah. do
0: to it I mean the big thing that I associate with country songwriting especially older country songwriting um is traditional form like instead of verse chorus verse chorus bridge chorus like a verse verse bridge verse form or something like that yeah uh which i feel like doesn't exist on any top 40 that i hear at all now
1: right yeah they're all pretty it's kind of like they've dumbed music down as possible as much as possible so right. that you can sing along or whatever yeah but s- there's also something very forgettable about those songs you know like yeah, yeah. some of the biggest hits of the last few years, I couldn't even tell you what they are. Number one, I don't listen to it, but right. they all start to sound the same. Yeah. And a lot of them, their voices even kind of sound the same. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, it's not as memorable. I mean, the argument is that it's always been like this. You know, there's always the old school. Yeah. It's kind of getting pushed out by the new guys. Yeah. You know like that's true I think. You know Willie Whalen, George Jones and yeah. like all those guys kind of got pushed out by like George Strait, mm-hmm. Garth Brooks. Right. You know and people hated them at yeah. first. Then those guys got pushed out by the next round. You know yeah. so it's you know there's an argument that it's always been this way and there's it's always going to be this way. Right. And it's evolving but you know I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know that there's a good answer to it. Yeah, really. I mean
0: I think I think there's different types of evolution though because there's evolution that happens as a natural progression of a different generation that has different experiences and different technologies, things yeah. like that. And then there's sort of top-down corporate evolution which yeah. is not really it's not really evolution. It's sort of like intentional monkeying with a system. Yeah, some uh uh, like it's not like boy bands like the Backstreet Boys. That was like some craze that was happening in the nineties. Yeah. That was like some some uh, some record companies that were like, I have an idea how we're gonna make another billion dollars. Let's <laughs> Back find when f- they were still still. Let's selling find records. five guys that yeah. look kinda like cute and <laughs> <laughs>
1: We'll spike their hairs up, right, and own. then
0: we'll have, and they'll, they'll they'll have like vaguely each have a different personality, like the bad yeah. boy and the pretty boy.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> what a time! What, what a time to be alive! Right, that doesn't feel like that's like the old pushing out the new. That just feels like that was some executive's idea. Yeah, yeah
1: that was um the future at the time.
0: Right. <laughs> One day it'll all be five guys yeah. on stage it's with headset it. mics <laughs> doing funny
1: dances. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's always, like, groundbreaking stuff that's new. Right. And then there's just this kind of, like, revolving door of the same thing that's got a new twist. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I I mean, one thing I was going to say earlier is that these guys I know in Nashville that are songwriters, they have noticed over the last, like, 10 years of this huge influx of producers from L.A. coming to Nashville. Right, right. And they're producing most of the stuff that's on the radio. Yeah. So they're, you know, like I said, they're bringing a pop structure yeah. to country uh-huh. music. Right. And then they're just like overlaying some country lyrics. Yeah, right. Basically is what it is. Um, yeah. Texas hadn't done that necessarily, but they're still singing like the, the you know, the classic like drinking beer on Friday night, tailgate. <laughs> they got to pick another night. Yeah, I mean, let's go with Tuesday night. Why not? That's a good night for musicians to let's drink. Let's party on Tuesday. Yeah, like yeah. the service industry is going wild on yeah, one exactly, day Tuesday. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, there's always going to be music that is generic. And, uh, you know, most musicians would say that's shitty music, but they have a huge fan base regardless of what we think. Yeah. I don't know.
0: So what about you? What... What would you say your your process is as a songwriter?
1: Like actually writing a song? Yeah. Um, typically, I, I come up with something on guitar first. So it starts with guitar, yeah. Instrument. Like. Usually starts with it, you know, some kind of instrument thing, and uh, sometimes I'll have an idea already of something that I want to talk about, or right. whatever this chord progression I or whatever I come up with will. You know give me a feeling of something mm-hmm. like the the song the shadow of the mountain song i sort of had an idea of something you know dark and mysterious like a story dark and mysterious right. and i think that kind of pushed me to pick the chord progression that i pick and then they just sort of play it off of each other yeah and then you know like i i, I write a lot more like storyteller type songs mm-hmm. than anything else right so then I start building a song. Like I write a verse. I'm like, okay, now what's going to happen to this character in the next? Right. Okay. Verse? Cool. You know, like what would be an interesting twist or yeah, you know, addition that's kind of clever or something to the mm-hmm. to the story. So that's more or less how I write because that's kind of more or less the stuff I like to listen to. Right. <clears throat> and so. The character-oriented
0: writing thing is interesting. I associate that a lot with Paul McCartney, too. Yeah. Like, kind of coming up with a character and then writing the song. It's kind of like think... writing
1: a play. Like, right. in my head, I'm basically filming a movie in my head about what this story is. That's cool. That's know? great.
0: Is it personal, usually? Uh, sort it can of made be, up?
1: but, like, that song had zero to do with anything. I yeah. just It was just a fictional story. Right. And, uh, I mean, I do write... um personal stuff a lot, you know, or, or something that I've experienced or know somebody sure. that did, something that's closer to me. But uh, it's fun to just make stuff, make shit up. You know, yeah. I have a, a pretty vivid imagination so I can come up with random shit. Right. And uh, the trick is just putting it into, uh, you know, lyric form. Right, right, Making it rhyme and be interesting. Right. But that's kind
0: of like the in the weeds part of it. I feel like always oh, the, the dealing with how do I deal with this lyric and how do I make this yeah. kind of part rhyme. The uh, I feel like the the overall idea of what you're doing with songs is interesting to me, because like Kurt Cobain talked about how his lyrics didn't matter at all. Yeah, and like he would just try and find words that rhymed. And yeah, like his songs aren't about anything.
1: Right? He didn't even know what they're about. Exactly.
0: Yeah. and and I actually I just learned this. What was it? it was like. I think it was Rick Rubin on on uh Joe Yeah, Rubin's I just podcast. listened to that. Yeah. Oh, where he was talking about System of a Down? I didn't I
1: didn't hear the whole thing
0: yet. Oh, he, so you know the ch- song Chop Suey? Yeah. Yeah. So there's Oh the, wait, no, I did hear where this part. The
1: father, father. Where he flipped isn't... to a page yeah, in like that's the first just line. The worst.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it seriously is like the most poignant moment of the whole song. That's like yeah. you are like, "Damn, this
1: song's really hitting me." <laughs> <laughs> what a deep, meaningful <laughs> lyric that he just yeah, pulled out exactly. of a random book.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: But yeah. music is weird like that. Yeah.
0: Cause I feel like there's a way to be evocative without so you can tell a story which could be super evocative, like like Penny Lane or something, like a Paul McCartney song where he's like creating this whole world that you could see. Or yeah. or like a, a Kurt Cobain song that's like not about anything. And he's the whole chorus is just Yeah,
1: yeah <laughs> But it's a fucking awesome song and it's yeah. amazing. And you feel like it's about <laughs> something important. Right. You know, but it, It's up to you to make it important. Right. And so there's, I think there's power behind a very ambiguous song that nobody really knows what the fuck it's about. Right. And you make it your own personal thing. Right. And it makes you think about it. Yeah. Whereas if you have a song that's pretty clear what you're talking about, you know, you either relate or you don't. yeah. But if you have a song that's like that, where it could be open-ended, then they all relate to you. Right right you can yeah, make exactly. it wherever you want
0: why well, i have this problem with a lot of punk songs is like they're very specific about what they're mad about or something like that <laughs> yeah. and it's like i like I, I like i love a lot of punk music i love the dead kennedys and stuff like that but it's yeah. also it's very particular right which makes it sort of funny cuz to me music being that pedestrian is comical like if you yeah. wrote a song about like going to the store and like milk is a little bit more expensive today or something like yeah. like something that really like is very pedestrian is hilarious right. and, or like a weather
1: report yeah. in music. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, there's it's uh, it's so endless the ways that a song could come into existence, right? And sometimes you know, like when I look back at writing a song, I'm like I don't know where that came from. But yeah. in the moment of writing it, it's pretty clear where it's coming from. I'm really thinking hard. I'm yeah, you digesting different ideas and trying to pick the best one. Yeah, it's not till later on that I'm like, man, that song just came out of nowhere. Yeah, and sometimes they do. I mean, yeah, sometimes I'll sit down, and write a whole song in like 15 minutes, I'm like, whoa, that was crazy. Do you find those are usually the best ones? they Are usually the ones I play the most? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, same for me. Easier to remember for some reason and. And people tend to like them. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, and I think the ones that you sit down and you spend a lot of time on, or at least for me, they're starting to get to where they're, you know, I'm getting better at writing them in a way that's more interesting to me to play all the time.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Whereas some of those songs where I would put a lot of effort into would end up being just too complicated or something about it that was not as much fun to play. Yep, yep. Or it's hard for... Like if the, if a listener isn't paying attention the whole time, they're not going to have a clue what yeah. is going yeah. on. It's just words. Right. So anyway, I mean, there's strategy in writing a song when it comes to that kind of, to the, when you're considering the listener. Yes. If you're not considering the listener, then you can just do whatever Wait, fuck Wait, do you, you consider want. the listener while you're writing? Oh, uh, I don't know if I do or not. Um. I think I consider, in some place, yeah. I'd say sometimes I do. Like, Interesting. if if I think that I'm writing something that's gonna be just so, it's not gonna make any sense to right. somebody, and I could word it in a way that would make more sense. Sure, I think I'll do that. Uh, you know, or maybe the way that I sing something that's gonna give the song a little more diversity or something. Mm-hmm you know, I think about that because I don't want it to be boring to the listener. Right. But I wouldn't say that I would like, you know, restructure a whole song just because I don't think people are going to like the right. way it sounds or something like that. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's a balance because I'm, you know, you want people to like it. <laughs> right. You yeah. Know, as a performer, yeah. you know, you want people to like it. Yeah. But you also don't want to write it for them. You want it. It's, right. It's your thing because well, it's not—they're not gonna like
0: it if you spend all your time chasing an audience. Yeah, that's not fun.
1: No, they want to know what you have to present. Yeah, I mean, you're basically just uh, pandering to the crowd. If yeah, it that that. sucks. That's the word I think they like to use—pandering. Pandering. pandering. <laughs> <clears throat> Which is what all country, you know, like pop country music basically pandering. is. Yeah. There's.
0: Do you ever hear that Bo Burnham song? Pandering? That's where. I, that's, where <laughs> that yeah. that's where I learned that
1: word. Yeah. That's where I learned that word. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It also it also makes me think of hunting pandas with a southern accent. <laughs> going pandering.
1: Yeah, we went pandering last weekend. <laughs> that is a good yeah. We went deering instead of hunting. <laughs> yeah. That's anyway. just, that's what how it should be, That like, We Because you well, go fishing. fishing. Yeah, yeah, right. You go fishing. Yeah, exactly. Or if you're going to take pictures of birds, you go birding. Do you? I didn't know that one. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Nice. Birding.
0: Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, do you want to play something?
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. Since we've talked a lot about it, I'll play this new uh, single of mine. Um, nice. Shadow of the Mountain. Cool. I might just move your mic
0: back a little.
1: the shadow of a mountain Lives the shadow of a man Where he hides from the trouble He created with his troubled hand There in the darkness Where the sun don't ever shine He wallows in his sorrows neath the aspens and the pines. He hopes it'll all soon be over. His blood runs cold with shame. But death ain't never gonna find him. For after all, he's just the shadow of a man. Crows they're all talking above him in the trees is he got you see the devil it seems they can't agree. The bears keep their distance from the shadows where he stays there's a darkness that haunts them they think it best to keep away. He hopes it'll all soon be over His blood runs cold with shame But death ain't never gonna fan him For after all he's just the shadow of a man Many years have passed since he last seen his face. Would he even recognize the image in his gaze? When others closing in, his skin turns hard as stone. The outside reflects the inside, the emptiness of his soul. Oh
0: That was beautiful. Thank you, man. Dude, I, I really like how it came out. I love <clears throat> the the E major in there. Yeah. And the G to E, like your skirt, you never you never really hit the five. <laughs> yeah. One six and the E major. There's like a Dorian thing. I love it. It's so yeah, expressive.
1: It's, it's uh and it's pretty simple, you know, just three chords. Yeah. And uh um and it's just got that dot, you know, that... Yeah, that B minor. That, B minor. It's just got mm-hmm. kind of like a mysterious sound to it for some yeah. reason. Dude, B minor is like it's this
0: classic key for for yeah. for that 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 mysterious sound. There's the. Do you know the the West uh, concerto, the guitar concerto? I don't know. B minor. It's just mm-hmm. like it. I don't know. B minor on the guitar has such a like perfect lonesome sound. Yeah, I
1: like the minor. I like the A minor too. I use that one a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like A minor and C together or F. I don't know. I like the minors.
0: Yeah, I yeah, use yeah. those a lot. But then, but, but, but two thirds is major in that last one. Two thirds of yeah. your chords. I mean, that's yeah. like that that switch between the major, especially with the E major, because it makes it really stark. Yeah, and it's yeah.
1: like a, you know, you you stick with a deep sound when you use those. Yeah. Those. Yeah. Those chords that are so far up the neck. You know, yeah. like. I don't know. Anyway. So did that come from the chord progression? What? That song. No, uh, I mean, it was both. Like I, I knew what I, I, knew that I wanted a song that was going to be... So we were stuck in our place. First of all, we've been here for months. It hadn't rained here yeah, in forever. Yeah. So we go to Colorado. The, the first week we're there, it rains for like three days straight. Oh, my gosh. And at first we're like, this is amazing. I've been missing this. Yeah. By the third day, I'm like, all right. <laughs> Enough. It's time for this shit to pass, you know? <laughs> So, I'm just sitting in there looking out the window, and I can see like a mountain, and like you know, like clouds would pass, and it would get real dark and like kind of cloudy looking on one side of the yeah. mountain. Like, you could tell that side didn't get as much sun, and yeah, and uh, you know, just that feeling of being dark and rainy, and you're like in the mountains, which is already kind of mysterious and scary, yeah, to begin with. It's kind of like the ocean is kind of like that. Yeah, you know? they're like, yeah, yeah, they're intimidating. They're like the, the opposites of each other, right. but equally frightening. Something and in you that's like, whoa. They're just so vast and empty, like yeah. anything could be over there. Yeah. You know, so I started getting this idea of, you know, like some hermit to just, well, we've been going hiking and going to see these places that were like old mining camps. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're like, I can't imagine living up here in the wintertime or something like that. And so all that kind of led to this idea of writing about a person that something happened to. We don't know what, but he ended up being a recluse Mm. out on the side of the mountain that never gets sunlight. Like he didn't, you know, it was almost like a self-punishment type thing is what I had in my mind about it. Like he was just trying to get, remove himself and his you know like he was causing trouble for everybody else and he wanted to take himself out of the equation Whoa, okay. kind of thing yeah but turns out he's so dark that even nature is concerned about him <laughs> you know like yeah. the crows don't know what to think the bears stay away that's great that kind of thing yeah so
0: you're you're inventing a whole world
1: yeah like as i'm telling you right now i'm picturing like where he is and what he that's looks great. like and what's going on do you ever watch futurama uh, the cartoon thing? Yeah. I think I did a couple times. Okay, they have an for instrument there it. that when you
0: play it, it, like, creates a world. Really? It's kind of what, <laughs> it's kind of what it makes me think of, like, story building in songs. Yeah. Because especially a song like this, it's not, it's not <clears> like <throat> a paragraph. It's not like reading a book where you're getting every detail. It's more like glimpse it, like a, yeah. like an abstract painting. You kind of fill
1: it in the rest of the way. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, I, you know, I try to make uh, lyrics that describe the... The image that I'm seeing right, right. in my mind, you know, and the clear enough that somebody else can create that image, but vague enough that they can design it in their sure, own way. Sure, sure, You know, it's like, um, uh, it's kind of like the Truman Show or something, right. you know, like <laughs> you're creating your own right. whatever's happening in the dome. Right, right. I'm just giving and you then, some structure. right kind of thing something like that
0: yeah that's cool
1: yeah, yeah. i like that one a lot thanks man that's i appreciate very nice. it i like yeah. that one too uh i don't know what you know i mean we recorded it and it was such a good recording i was like i might as well release this you know yeah. why wouldn't i so anyway it's out there too it's trying hopefully it'll knock some of those drug songs down the list <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: well i feel like
1: if you want to play
0: one it'd be good to hear one
1: A drug song? Yeah, we've been talking about it. Uh, That's true. Well, I might as well do damn cocaine shit. There we go. Do the hits. Let me get some agua. So the story behind this one, i got to tell the story now. Uh, The reason I wrote this one, uh, I can't remember how I started writing this or if I already had the idea or... It was a chord progression, yeah. inspiration. I can't remember, but uh, I just know all these people and people you probably know too, especially around here that, you know, using cocaine uh, recreationally for fun is right. all good and yeah, whatever. You know, I'm not pretending like I'm an innocent bystander, yeah, right, but right. when you start using it to do just to function and go anywhere or play it's any show, yeah. it starts to affect everything. Yeah. And so I was kind of witnessing that happening all the time and like, damn, if they just could just do it without that, they'd be so fucking good. Like they have so much to give. Yeah. And so um, I tried to put myself like in their position, but as a retrospective. Interesting. You know, like I'm them looking at myself in the mirror kind of thing. Okay. Something like that. So anyway, it's called Damn Cocaine. Feel like I'm coming down That's my sign for me to find A place where I can do another line Damn cocaine, damn cocaine that line didn't I uh, yeah let's start over with the third verse the night is through but not for me I'll go home in agony i resist but I'll soon fail Possessed By that cocaine smell Damn cocaine Damn cocaine My life Really nice. It's some great. more minors in there, wasn't it? It's great. True. I really don't minor know. When major. You put, when you put D, the capo on. D there. minor
0: and C major.
1: Yeah. That's See, it. I like
0: some minors. Yeah, but that D minor <laughs> C—that's just balance right there. Yeah. D minor C major. <laughs> Two colors the whole time. I also get—I yeah. get like a real modal sense from your music because the last one was like B Dorian. And that one is just back and so there's no there's no dominant function there's no real five
1: chord it's just back and forth between the one and the flat seven that's cool I have no idea what you're saying Oh okay sorry <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry See what well, I know nothing about um, theory okay. and I wish I did because it would sure be easier to communicate when I'm playing with a band Sure that makes sense uh, But you seem to write good
0: songs without it so Well you don't I think need it.
1: you know like I, I had this friend when I first started playing guitar. And he had gone through like classical music school, right, and he was right. like, knew everything yeah. about music there was to know. And he was like, "Man, I used to write a lot, and then I learned all this stuff." And he was like, "Now I tried to write, and all I can think about is structure and yeah, what you know, like if you use this chord in this key, then this is going to have to be yeah, you know, like I know what my options are." And he's like, "And I watch you; you don't know shit about what you're doing." And that leaves you all the freedom in the world. Yes,
0: absolutely. To do,
1: just yep. create. Mm-hmm. So there's part of me that's like, if I knew that stuff, I could communicate easier with my band and it could help me in, yeah. you know, writing in certain sure aspects where I'm lost. I can't figure out what the next chord is going to be. But then also like when he told me that kind of thing, I'm like, well, maybe it also gives me some freedom of. Not knowing the rules. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, being able to just do whatever comes, whatever but the, I hear. The
0: rules thing is silly because rules come after the music anyway. Rules right. are just to describe why somebody yeah, came up with a reason.
1: Why did that work? Well, I'll come up with a reason why it worked. Yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. The music came first. Right. When the chicken With the chicken and the egg. Right,
0: Which I mean, seriously, though, like, like Beethoven was doing crazy stuff. And then like 60 years later, somebody was writing about why it worked. Right. It's not like Beethoven was thinking about that stuff. He was just thinking about what what worked in his mind.
1: Yeah, dude, I think that, um, you know, like classical music is like the ultimate achievement of being a musician. Really? Hmm. To me, I think it is because. Yeah. Like those dudes are writing parts for like a hundred instruments and they're all doing something different. Well, yeah. You know, or or in some kind of way they're backing each other up. Yeah. You know, like if, to somebody that doesn't know what's going on and I'm listening to it, I'm like, holy shit, there's so much stuff happening. It's true. And one guy wrote all that with, and he probably doesn't even play those instruments. Yeah. You know, like Mm -hmm. he just, you know, I can't write a music part without playing that instrument. You know, which I have trouble with sure. that when I'm with my band and they're like, what do you want me to do here? And I'm like, I don't know. Give me a couple examples and then I'll tell you which, <laughs> which one sounds better. Nice. You know, I don't know how to tell you what to do. Okay. Yeah. You know, and then when I think about those guys writing an entire symphony right. or something and I'm like, this has got to be, and they're so long too. I mean, yeah. you know, an hour or longer or something sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Just like, it blows me away. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's to me it's like the ultimate achievement of having a musical mind.
0: Sure. Oh, like like a classical composer or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah a composer. I mean, it's it, it's a lot it's a lot to think about, but I feel like there's also some basic orchestration rules. Yeah. It's the same as like you have a chord progression and then there's like a way to arrange a chord progression because if everybody's only playing one note at a time, then you can start to stack those on top of each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I just when I listen to those you know, a lot of times they don't repeat the same thing twice. You know, they kind of, they'll go the through like a segment yeah. and then it goes to the next thing. You're like, that could be a whole nother song. Yeah. Or that, you know, the Beatles kind of did that, I thought. Like, yeah, there's some songs where you're like, I bet you this was like, the beginning of another song and they didn't know what to do with it and they just oh yeah absolutely I feel like Happiness in a Warm
0: Gun is like four songs or something yeah
1: I'm like they could have split all these up and been (laughs) all different huge hits but that's what makes them so awesome yeah so you know my opinion of of uh you know like symphony orchestra or something is like this is the interesting the most creative mind in music
0: yeah it's also stuck though is the problem because yeah. once you've written it out that's what it has to be there's no, there isn't a whole lot of room there's no imp- improvisation like it, it's hard to be like bassoon take a solo yeah. <laughs> <laughs> solo over
1: the changes like that's what? <laughs> true that's true yeah it's very structured yeah even if it even if the structure sounds complicated right you know it's still a structure that but what's cool is that we're still playing it you know however yeah. many 100 years yeah later. that's true and it hasn't really changed. It's the same yeah. thing. Which is really weird. And nobody's making any money off of that. You can just do That's whatever true. you want with it.
0: <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it's all it's all public domain. Yeah, you know, I
1: really didn't listen to uh classical music till probably two or three years ago. And uh I don't know why I just started listening to it. I don't know why I was I was farming and uh I just got tired of listening to the radio, I got tired of listening to Spotify, podcasts, and then just randomly I got on a station that was classical. Nice. I was like, holy shit. so nice sometimes. I'm actually paying attention and it was like, I was getting chill bumps listening to some of it. Amazing. You know, and I was like, holy shit. So I was spending like days listening to it. And I started realizing that I knew a lot of it. Yeah. And I was like, how do I know this? Yeah. And I somehow or another... Came to me that I knew it from watching like all the old cartoons that were basically yes no yep no talking like uh
0: these old cartoons had amazing scores too
1: yeah and yep. they were all the cla- like the yep. best ones yep yep and so I was like I've known all this stuff since I was a little kid yeah you know I just didn't realize what it was that I was listening to that's like weird. Tom and Jerry yep. yep yeah that's what I was all of Tom, Tom and Jerry is yep. that yep or that movie Fantasia yeah like it absolutely. had some of the best ones dude, in dude
0: Right of spring man. <laughs>
1: yeah so good yeah and it was like they you know so that's kind of you know like i'm i'm assuming they created uh fantasia you know like i would think that they listened to those pieces and then created the scenery that was happening i think so well that was in the 30s too right yeah it's old i think yeah Four, 30s 40s something yeah. like that and so that's kind of like how i write music too is yeah but it's maybe the opposite Right. Or, or happening at the same time. Yeah. You know, they're both coming together at the same mm-hmm. time. But yeah, I just, I have a huge respect for um, classical music that I didn't used to have. That's cool. Yeah. That's great. I wish more people would listen to it. I think there's <laughs> something to yeah, get out of it's it. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you have to have singing. And, and the ones that do have singing are ju- even more impressive. Yeah. When you throw vocals in on top of it.
0: It's crazy. Crazy crazy vocal parts yeah yeah
1: i mean the the stuff they could do with their voices is it's true but there's also stuff they can't do
0: with their voices this is the thing is that classical musicians are just as limited as like blues guitar players right it's just a different vocabulary
1: yeah you know speaking of limited um when i first started playing uh i had this guy that was going to help me and he had had a good career in country music, and uh I was like trying to show him songs that I'd written. Yeah. And I had one that was country and one that was kind of more bluesy. Yeah. And he was like, "Well, which one do you want to be?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" He was like, "You can't be both. You got to pick one of the other and stick to it. <laughs> uh-huh. And and you know find your comfort zone and right. just do that." Yeah. I was like, "What?" Why are, you know why are you telling me that? I was like that doesn't sound right. Yeah, you know, and I know he wasn't right. Yeah, you know that was not right at all.
0: I feel like there might be you could you could be too far apart. Like I think it'd be hard to do classical concertos alongside the blues. Yeah. like if you're playing at friends and you're like I'm gonna play Pride and Joy and now I'm gonna play a Guitar Concerto yeah. in E minor, like, <laughs> that'll be pretty weird.
1: Yeah, I mean. I don't think I'm gonna have that problem because <laughs> I cannot play anything that good on guitar. But I wish that I could on piano. I've, yeah, I try to. I've been trying to teach myself piano, but I'm. Um, I a, think a piano kind of requires theory. It seems like
0: I don't it. think there's a good way to know piano without knowing at least a well, chunk see, of it. Well, see, I've theory. been
1: trying to teach myself the way that I learned guitar, which was like shapes and stuff. I just learned shapes of yeah. chords and then put them together. Yeah. And I've been trying to do that on piano, and you can do it, but it doesn't sound that great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it does. It does, and I can really only do it with one hand. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I was watching some IP play piano i was like oh well they're you know they're using two hands so am i i should be able to yeah think with two different hands but with guitar they work together yeah and they're
0: doing different jobs
1: yeah and on piano they're not working together yep to me at all they're doing the same job but they're not and it's separately diff- sometimes different tempo oh, yeah. Or oh different yeah rhythm and that's that's like a whole new training of the brain oh yeah which is interesting to think that the brain the brain is you know elastic enough to do that yeah. kind of thing
0: i mean i think the key is it's <clears> kind of like singing and playing guitar is like you have to find where the guitar and your voice fit together and when you're, you're doing it right when it doesn't actually feel like you're doing two different things you're just doing two versions of the same thing right. kind of a thing it's all part of the same
1: yeah i remember the first time i played a song on guitar and sang it at the same time yeah I was like, "Holy shit, I'm doing it!" You know, it was like the biggest breakthrough ever. Yeah, because it's well, it was more was than so just hard play. at first. It's like making chords is a whole thing by itself, yep. and changing chords. Oh my God. Strumming was another thing. I just get stuck doing the exact same strumming yep. pattern. Yep. And breaking out of that was a big thing. Yep. You know, then doing those two things together, and then you throw vocals on top of yep. that. I was like. This is wild. I can't believe I can yeah. do this.
0: Doing so many things at once.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. And I didn't learn to do it till I was 20. So I was like, I can't believe I've been missing out on this for so long. Yeah.
0: Would you, you sing know? and play
1: together, you I mean? I've never or played, just played guitar at all. Oh, okay. Yeah. So right before I was 20, I started teaching myself to play guitar. Mm-hmm. And then I was singing, and then I started writing kind of right after that. Cool. Yeah. But um. anyway, I mean, I just... I've known all these dudes that have been playing music like since they were little kids. Yeah. And uh, it's weird that it seems like a lot of those people don't play music anymore. Yeah, that happens a lot. I don't know what, I guess, I don't know what it is. Like, maybe it was for the best that I didn't start till I was later in life. But uh, a lot of the people that I knew that were playing music while we were growing up and I wasn't at all. Yeah. They don't even touch guitars anymore. it happens all the time. They sold all their shit. A lot of them. Like, they don't even play at all. Yeah. Which is hard for me to wrap my head around just not doing it. I mean, I can't wrap
0: my head around not playing all the time. Yeah. That's the thing. Is like, I have this problem where I don't even want music to be a hobby. Yeah. That's the worst idea possible for me. Yeah. It's like, having a job and doing music, like, part-time. Like, just going to jams. It's like... I hate it. It have like tried to
1: like I. I've tried to have a job that was flexible. Yeah. And the music always ends up on the back burner somehow or another. Yeah. For me, it like takes all your energy, yeah. your creativity. You like, don't want to do music. When you don't want to work. do it because yeah. it takes effort. Yeah. And if you've already been at work putting in effort, you don't want to put in more effort. Yeah. A lot. Exactly. Of, you have to force yourself to do it, and you don't want to feel that way when you're playing music. No. So, you know, it's. Um, I have a lot of respect for people that are out there doing both. Yeah. And somehow I'm do doing it. it. Yep. Yep. Because that can't, it's not easy. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So you got a tour coming up. Yep. Yep. Anything else or where? So oh, where are you going? You're
0: going Baton Rouge?
1: Uh, After that, I'm st- sticking around uh, Mississippi, but I'm doing like a weekend warrior thing. And I'll be doing some more shows in Baton Rouge in December. And I'm doing a whole week in Nashville. And then uh, I got some shows in Mississippi Books. So I probably won't be back till January. Oh, wow. To Texas. That's cool. Yeah. Is that all
0: available uh, somewhere? Can people find
1: it? Oh, Uh, yeah. It's on. um, I probably actually hadn't put it on my website yet, but I'm going to. (laughs) Uh, ZachDayMusic.net. Z A C H D A Y. Nice. Music.net. Yeah. Cool. So it'll be there eventually. Cool.
0: Well, everybody should go check that out. And your your single, both the songs you played today are available on Spotify and Amazon Music and everywhere. Right. All the digital shit. All the stuff. All the stuff. And he's got Instagram. Yeah, uh, Zach Day official. Yes. That's it. Cool. All right. Well, thanks thanks. for having me, dude. Yeah, dude. Thanks for coming on. Everybody,
1: go check out his stuff.
0: (laughs) Go 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 to a concert. It's awesome. I love I love listening to Zach play.
1: So thanks, man. It's been fun knowing you. Yeah, yeah, you too. I'm do. glad that uh we got to know each other before the open mic ended. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> oh sad. Yeah, all right, that's
0: a sad way to end it. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs> <clears throat> Thanks for listening or watching. That was Zach Day. Be sure to check him out on all the social media. Listen to his singles that are out now, listen to his albums, listen to all of his music. Check out his Instagram, go to a show. He's touring the South coming up this next month, so catch him at a show. And be sure to also like, leave a comment, and subscribe to my channels, and I will see you all next time. Bye.